course, now I can't see the computer. Ooh, perfect. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> seamless. Professional. Seamless and professional. Seamless, seamless and professional. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hey! Welcome to DVD Deathmatch. Guess who's back? Back again. Deathmatch is back. Tell a friend. Please do tell a friend. <laughs> Rate and review. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. I would say I would say we another call for rate and review, please. Yeah, for sure. If you haven't done that already, or even if you have, create another account and do it again. Fraud. Uh, <laughs> Commit <laughs> iTunes fraud. Uh, no, but it does actually boost boost our podcast to the top. Yeah, and gets us gets more strangers uh, listening to us, which is really our ultimate goal. I've had a few strangers get in touch on on the Twitter account and stuff. Oh yeah, it's been really nice. Nice, I love that. People are enjoying the movie chats. That's what we should have called this podcast. (laughs) Movie chats. Movie chats with your Cine friends, Mike and Liza. Cine chat. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I I regret. We already have a name for the. Yeah, we do. We're we're, uh, solution in search of a problem. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Going great. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Nothing personal to report. Been a pretty uneventful week. All right. How about you? Same, samesies. Um, not not much to report. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not gonna tell. Like we went to the Montclair Lantern Festival. Like I'm not gonna. We don't need to talk about. We these did things. go to the Montclair, Montclair Lantern Festival, and and it was uh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm saying like these are the uninteresting <laughs> things we've done. So like, um. But we do have some topics at the top. We do. First of all, I want to thank Allison for getting in touch. Hey, Allison. Big, uh, she she's a big uh, DVD deathmatch head. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of hers. And so she got in touch to correct the record to kind of inform some discussion we were having about Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Now, should we do research for the podcast? Definitely. I mean, probably, yeah. Do we? Give it a goog. We don't. We don't. Um... And especially about one of our favorite movies, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, she pointed out, we discussed for a long time the Bill Murray scene, which I was like, I guess this is just like they got Bill Murray for a day and they had to figure out something to do with him. Mm -hmm. And she pointed out that in the original um, 1950s or 60s, again, didn't do research, uh, (laughs) Roger Corman movie that Little Shop of Horrors is based on, there's a scene in that that has a sadomasochist, sadomasochistic dental patient in it. Oh. Now, that scene didn't get put into the stage musical, but they put it back in for the movie. I and see. And in that scene, the Bill Murray character, the character that Bill Murray would go on to play in the 80s movie, yes. was played by a young actor named Jack Nicholson. What? Know him. Right. <laughs> know him. You do. <laughs> um, iconique. Iconique. <laughs> um, so that so they were like, oh, I you know, we'll do this scene in the eighties movie and we'll get another superstar. I- iconique. Iconique superstar. Yeah. So anyway, great note. 
Thank you, Allison. Thank love, good looking out. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought that was super interesting, and I couldn't believe that I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, know it or yeah, yeah. didn't do enough reading to share it. <laughs> so, and I, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, all. yeah. Guys, feel free to correct us, please. We love constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unconstructive criticism, also, please. Fuck right off. Um, um, <laughs> another thing. An- based, and another. An- Another and thing. another thing. That's my other podcast where I talk about the issues of the day <laughs> that bother me. It's called <laughs> And Another Thing with Mike Velasic. Um, this Twitter thread, or Twitter tweet, not a thread. Twitter tweet. Uh, went viral earlier this week, and it was about another movie that we have already discussed. Hmm. Uh, a movie called Walk the Line. Yes. About Johnny Cash. And when we were talking about that movie, we talked about um, the Jennifer Goodwin character mm-hmm. how she sucks yeah she she's she's portrayed as kind of a nagging she's Johnny Cash's first wife right um and she's like a nagging housewife like like trying to uh dampen his dreams and all this stuff mm-hmm. well this tweet went viral and it pointed out it's from at John Motter on Twitter okay and it says it's two pictures. It says, so this is Johnny Cash's first wife, Vivian, and her character from Walk the Line. And the, are, have you... No, you, you, I, well, you, you want me to click on you it. You should click on it. Let's click on it. Clicking on it. Loading. Wait, what? <laughs> right? That's a, that's a, that's a black lady. Yeah. Wait, what? Right. Johnny Cash's first wife was black? Well, here's the thing. So it's a little more complicated than that. Um, the next, the follow-up tweet is, white, su- white supremacist groups threatened to boycott cash because of this. They received death threats. This is some of the worst literal whitewashing I've seen from a film. Oh, my God. And they, So that's what Johnny Cash's first wife looked like, and that they cast Jennifer Goodwin in that role. Now, the other thing about it is that she didn't think of herself as black. She thought of herself as, ha- as being like... Um, I think Italian and of of several different uh, ancestries, mm-hmm. um, and then they fa- you know they went back into her family records. Her Johnny Cash's daughter went on the PBS show Finding Your Roots. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. went back into the records and found that this uh, that Vivian Cash, the first wife. Her great great grandmother was um, enslaved and was a black woman. Oh so, my gosh. Uh, so it's just super interesting and also like really like that is it's it's so much more interesting than what that movie did with that yeah. that character. Yeah. And I understand that that movie didn't care much about that character. Right. Clearly did not give a shit about that character. Um, um but but why would you not? Why would you not include that? Right. Especially because it's clearly not a very well-known fact. Like right. why you they must have come across that and right. made the decision. Oh, definitely to and cast Jennifer Goodwin. Right, and and and. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing about it is that so okay, I get it. You're not making a movie about Vivian Cash. You're not making making a movie about Johnny Cash and Vivian Cash. You're making, but the fact that so even if you wanted to centralize Johnny Cash in that narrative, mm-hmm. the fact that Johnny Cash was threatened by the white supremacist groups over right. this. Like is like it's it's, it's interesting, it's interesting and about and, him and about him. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yo, we should write that movie. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't care that much about Johnny Cash, to be honest. Okay, great. I love that. I love that. We should write a different movie. Okay. Okay. Just about something cool, like <laughs> dinosaurs or something. Dinosaurs. Um, they already made that. Several of them, in fact. Yeah, they keep making them. Yeah. Anyway, those are my two fun facts. Fun facts. Wow. That's that's some, some real... Varying degrees of fun. Whitewashing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, that's what that's what I have to say for topics at the top. <laughs> I love it. Great. Some follow-up. Our movies today... Y'all, we watched two movies. Y'all, we watched we two did movies. It. We did it again. Two movies. Today they are The Good Girl from 2002 and Shallow Grave from 1994. They really are. Yeah. Uh, let's start with The Good Girl. And <laughs> what? You're I hate really? that phrase. We'll talk about it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't okay. even put that together. The Good Girl from 2002, directed by Miguel Arteta. Yep. Um, our IMDb summary is, a discount store clerk strikes up an affair with a stock boy who considers himself the incarnation of Holden Caulfield. Okay, a couple wow. issues. Wow. A couple issues with wow. this that IMDb is, summary. That is a terrible summary. A- <laughs> Justice for Holden. He's not just a stock boy. He's, he's also not, a cashier. He's a cashier. Um, in fact, I don't think he's a stock boy at all. I yeah, think they he's get a together cashier. in the stock room. Right. And, but they, and also, so the Holden Caulfield thing where he thinks he's the incarnation of. Yeah. He says, I'm named after him. Right. But he named himself that. But and then has a very inappropriate line when we find out that that's not his actual name. Right. But Ugh. he. That, I mean, that, that line you're talking about and the fact that he calls himself Holden and all that stuff, mm. that, him thinking of himself as Holden Caulfield is just one of many red flags about this boy <laughs> in the movie. Truly. So that being the only one we mentioned in the IMDb summary, mm-hmm. I have notes Yeah, for the summarist. Yeah, for real. Uh, okay, so this stars Jennifer Aniston as the titular good girl. Yes. Um, and you've got our buddy Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. uh, as Holden. Slash Tom. Slash Tom. You've got John C. Riley as yep. I can't remember his name. Fuck. Phil. Phil, who is Jennifer Aniston's character's husband. Yeah. You've got what's his name? Tim Blake Nelson Tim is Blake Bubba, Nelson is which Bubba. who works with who works with John C. Riley's character. You've got a lot of really good actors in this. You've yes. got uh, John Carroll Lynch, mm-hmm. who I love, who's in two of my fa- favorite movies of all time, Fargo and Zodiac. Yeah. Um, playing very different roles and playing a different one in this. He plays the manager of the store that they work at. He's so great. He's so great. So <laughs> many, We're going to get into it, but so many quotable lines in this movie. Yes. And the one that I... But so many, like, weird... We'll get into yeah, it, but... But the one that I love from him is just him walking up to Zoe Deschanel and saying, <laughs> well, don't you look a fright. <laughs> So funny. It's great. It's Zoe great. Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. And I said, I think I said, I was like, I didn't realize we had so many films starring Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, this is our third, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mike White, who plays oh the security guard slash Bible thumper, Bible thumper guy, and he wrote he the movie. He wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, um, he wrote it too. He also yeah. wrote like School of Rock later mm-hmm. and stuff. He's, he's yeah. great. But, he's really great. So. I'll start. Killer cast. Killer cast. Stack. Jennifer Aniston, mid Friends, right? Friends hadn't ended, didn't end until like 2004, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 2004. So this is mid Friends Jennifer Aniston, her right. like being like, I'm going to go act. Yeah, I'm going to go, go do a thing. I'm going to go spend the summer acting or whatever it is. She's 
really great. She is really great in this. I, I mean, I think she's really great in Friends too. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This it, exactly what you're saying. It's a complete departure from Friends. Yep. Um, and she just is doing a really good job of of acting, like right. you said, which sounds very dumb to say, but it's like it. You know, there is. It's not that there's not comedy in this. There's plenty of comedy, but she's doing it in a different way than she does it on Friends, and it's. Beautiful. Yeah, to see. she's great. Yeah. It is. It does feel. It feels almost like. It feels like the opposite of Friends. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a, a, a huge, high-powered actor or actress saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go do theater. Oh, I'm gonna go do this independent film where I play a working stiff." Like, yeah. And that could be. I could see how you would might think that that's like patronizing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she does an incredible job, and. So this movie, I'm just going to start with, like, our experience of this movie. Yeah. Because it's shocking to me how little this movie gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you and I saw this in the theater. I bet we saw it multiple times in the theater. Right, because we were both immediately like, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we got it on DVD. Mm-hmm. I don't remember getting it on DVD, but we definitely mm-hmm. watched it a bunch on DVD. Mm-hmm. Like. Watching it now, I was like, oh, I know every line of this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just one of those. Well, yeah, and you were saying so many quotable lines. They, I don't know that they are actually quotable lines, except that we quote them. Right. Like, there's a part, there's a scene where, um, uh, there's, a, there's a line where Jake Gyllenhaal is eating blackberries, <laughs> yeah. and he just looks at her and goes, they're sweet. And we say that all of the time. We do. <laughs> Still, all of they're sweet. They're sweet. He says it's so weird, and we it's great. but we always say that to yeah, each other. Yes. That's and this movie is one of those movies for us of yeah. just like a, uh, it's like like how people talk like quote Anchorman at yes. each other or something. But it's yeah. the Good Girl from two thousand two. Yeah, another great line that I love uh, from uh, Mike White. Yeah, the because so he's the security guy and he also is continuously trying to convince Jennifer Aniston's character to come to Bible study. Mm-hmm. And when she first says, no, thank you, um, I don't remember what what she just said to him, but he goes, well, maybe you'll have night after night of eternal hellfire then. <laughs> just kidding. And yeah. it's just like so, he delivers he's, it so perfectly. Yeah. No, and he does. He's like, because he's kind of laughing through it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And like her reaction to it is so great. Yeah. I, oh, it's just, mwah. Chef's kiss. He's a, she says, um, she says, I kind of like to have my nights to myself. That's and what then it he is. says, yeah. Well, maybe you'll have night after night of eternal hellfire then. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's it, it to to sorry to finish that point from earlier. It's just like shocking to me that I, like it's like oh were we the only people who who saw this who saw this <laughs> like it's it's not in, no one talks about it. It's not in the conversation at all. Yeah, I don't see anyone bringing it up when I log on to my little letterboxed. None of the other people have seen it or rated it. You know what I mean? It's like do people know about the Good Girl? I don't think they do. It's weird, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm okay. So, so as we, so Jennifer Aniston, she's playing like um, Justine. Yes. Who works in the makeup count at the makeup counter at Save Mart Ro- no. Retail Ro- Rodeo. Retail Rodeo. Yeah, yeah. in Texas. Uh-huh. And um, she's like from the first second from the voiceover, she's just like hates her life. Miserable. Yeah. Miserable. This is the very opposite. much like small Texas town, thought she would be more, ended exactly. up marrying this guy who's like 
kind of just like a loser. I mean, he like he, he's fine. He paints houses, but he gets stoned all the time, yeah, yeah. and he's kind of just like nothing. He's right? like a. I was going to say good-natured doof, but he's kind of not that good-natured Well, even. I mean, we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, We'll get into it. And then she um, falls in love with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Uh, who Falls in lust. Falls in lust with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's a uh, very, like, brooding, tortured artist who also works at the retail rodeo. Right, like someone who has read Catcher in the Rye several times and right. fancies himself Holden Caulfield. You know what that is. Yeah. You know and what that is. And she looks at this guy and thinks like, oh, this is my ticket out of here. I This is someone who's cultured and, and is like... Right, and as miserable as I am. Right. Yeah. Is gravitate, gravitates towards that. And then... And that's definitely what he sees in her, too. It's mm-hmm. very much like, oh, we're, we're the same. You understand me. Right. Yeah. And then, and he's, but, you know, he's dealing with mental health issues and stuff that she doesn't uh, see or care about Mm because she's just so focused on how, uh, you know, how he's her ticket out of there. Yeah. So they start an affair and then, like, it just permeates through her, her life in various ways and affects her marriage and all this crazy shit happens out of that. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, um... But it's it's mostly it's like a you know very character study of this woman like kind of and her her life mm-hmm. kind of yeah. The other thing I'll say mm-hmm. is that so we've been watching a lot of um, we've watched all of Superstore, which I ended recently. Yes, which is a similar milieu. Mm-hmm, I was a, thinking that too. A like a store, a retail store, retail workers in uh, the Midwest, South, like that's St. Louis. This is Texas. Whatever. Yeah. And it's so funny to watch this because they're both doing different things. This movie, The Good Girl, is like, how do I put this? It's pretty mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mean to its characters. It's mean to the idea of retail work. Yeah. Being, like, super, something like Superstore is like, hey, these people are a family and they, and like, there's dignity in all work and they're having their own problems and all this stuff. Yeah. And this movie is like, fucking hateful. Yeah, it truly is. It's like a hateful, mean movie. That doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah. I do, kind of. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't put a rosy picture on this, and I don't, it also, like, seems to have kind of that attitude of, about, like, small town life, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I think, I'll, I'll wrap this up so that you can speak, because I feel like (laughs) I've been speaking forever now, but, sorry. Um, It's okay. But uh, it also seems to have that idea of, like, someone looking back on the town they left Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, what a fucking shithole that was. Yeah. And I think it's trying to be more complicated than that and Mm -hmm. be like, well, she's delusional and she needs to kind of realize what she has right in front of her. Yeah. But that stuff doesn't feel that earned to me. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and I mean, you know, well, let's talk about this character, this Jennifer Aniston character, because, um, you know, uh, there's there's the obviousness of it. It's called the Good Girl, and is she a good girl? No, yeah. she's not. But I watching it this time, like having some space, and then watching it, I was like. Man, she fucking sucks. Yes. She sucks so bad. And I definitely, it's not like I watched it before and I was like, I like her. She's no, great. Yeah. But watching it, I was like, she sucks. Yep. She, like, so her husband, 
I mean, isn't the greatest guy, I guess, but like he seems perfectly pleasant. He has a job that right. he's going to. He is stoned all the time, which right. I guess would get annoying. Right. And but like she is awful to him from the get go. Right, because she's so unhappy. Right. But that's not, you know. Right. And and that is what's going on there very clearly is that she's just so unhappy with mm-hmm. her life that, you know. Um, and there's a point at which uh, Holden says, like, I'll, like, let's just tell him I'll protect you or whatever. And she says, um, he'll beat me, but he'll kill you. Yeah. There's zero evidence at that point in the film that he that he would beat her or that he would kill Holden. Right. Uh, the only evidence being that he's played by John C. Riley, who seems to be a very tall man. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Like this is not that is not what's going on here. And that that specifically feels malicious in a weird way. Not a weird way, but like um in keeping with the film, but like that line really stood out to me as like, yeah, she sucks so hard, right, right. so hard. Um, and you know, they, they're trying to have a baby apparently, right. but, um, the thing is that like, I, it, she says like, well, maybe you're smoking so much pot that like your sperm doesn't work. So right. let's go to the sperm doctor or whatever. Um, and, like she's just mean to this guy. Yeah, she's mean. She's she's selfish and mean. Yeah, she's not a good, good girl. girl. Yeah, and I think the thing that I wish so the title is ironic. Ironic. I think the thing that I wish it had a little bit more of because I and I maybe she just says it in the in the uh, voiceover at the top of the film. You get this sense that. Her, you know, and, and with, from the title and from the way she talks is that she feels like I followed every rule. I ticked all the boxes and I thought my life would be something different. But here I am. Right. Right. Yep. I wish they had pushed that a little bit more. And this is purely a, a me thing because I find that concept very interesting as someone who also ticked all the boxes. I don't mm-hmm. feel like Justine feels in this movie. What? <laughs> Wait, where are we going? No, but but like that is something that that I that I understand and that I think a lot of 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 women could understand totally. of like I followed all of the rules. Right. And then somewhere I realized that, like, I didn't have to do that or it didn't get me what I wanted it to get me or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know? So I wish they had kind of hammered that home a little bit more. I don't quite know how. but I gotcha. You know, because we just... I mean, it's a nice, tight little movie. It is. Hey, both movies today, 93 minutes. Boom. Oh, we love it. We love to see it. Um, Oh, and just to uh, go back and and, uh, explain... I do hate the term good girl when you're talking about a human being. Yeah. You could say that to your dog. That's right. what you say to your dog. Oh, good girl. It's so patronizing and awful, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Well, I think I think the movie knows that, and I think that, like, yeah. when... Because she has to, a choice to make in the end. Mm-hmm. Is she going to be a good girl or not? Right. You know what I mean? Is she... And... But also... What what it what which choice is which you know yeah it's it's muddy in a in an interesting way but she but John Carroll Lynch who plays their manager mm-hmm. says to, says so you made the right decision Justine you're a good girl you're a good girl and I was like Bleh. Bleh. I hate but it. that coming that's exactly what that is coming is patronizing and like yeah kind of belittling 
the worst. Um, I also want to shout out. Uh, first of all, I really love the score of this movie. Oh, it's well, great! It's, it's Mark Orton who also did the Nebraska score, which is one of my favorites. But then also it uses a lot of Nick Drake music, like mm-hmm. instrumental Nick Drake music, which yeah. I really love. Yeah, you do. And then you know, okay, <laughs> all right, cool it. The Volkswagen commercial. Hey, <laughs> um, that's not cool. Uh, I also want to shout out. Um, another great actor who's in the movie who I who I don't think gets enough credit is Deborah Rush who plays Gwen. Yeah, who, Gwen is like the other woman at the makeup counter mm-hmm. who um, something befalls her like yeah. very early in the movie. Also, vomit warming warning for this movie. I had to plug my ears and close my eyes. You did. It's real. It's a it's a bad one. Yeah. So. It is. Emetophobia warning. But she's so good. She's such a good actress and so good in this movie. And, um, oh, she was in Earthly Possessions, apparently. All right, I'm going to stop looking at my computer. (laughs) Um, So I thought she was great. Yeah. Um, There's so many of those little lines that are so so funny in this movie. Mm -hmm. That one that I mentioned, like, Don't You Look a Fright, the stuff that you were talking about. There's, uh, this is a spoiler, for the good girl, which mm-hmm. I think people should see. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston comes home and says to her husband, Gwen died today. And John C. Riley goes, Gwen died? What for? <laughs> and it's so funny. What for? Also, Tim Blake Nelson is really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is like a very weird and unpleasant role. Yeah. Because he, at, at one point, and this is another spoiler, and, you know, trigger warning for, like... Essentially, sexual assault because mm. he extorts her. Yeah. He finds out her secret and extorts her into sleeping with him. So in like yeah. and in a very like just weird scene that it, I I don't I, like I don't think it I think it works I think it does what they wanted it to do which is just be uncomfortable yeah and be very darkly funny but I could see if you don't think that that kind of scene should be funny at all like right like I don't yeah and and but I I, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I think there's a difference between trying to make that funny, yeah. like extorting someone for sex, and injecting comedy into that scene. And I think they have accomplished injecting comedy into the scene. Yeah. Um, but I still understand why that would really... I mean, it doesn't It doesn't sit right with us either. <laughs> right. But, but I can see how that would really, really... Could, could be triggering, frankly, right, for exactly, someone. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but it is, it, like, Tim Blake Nelson is so good. And Jennifer Aniston's yeah. so good in that scene, too. She like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But Tim Blake Nelson has so many good lines and is, like, he's, in, he's like, in love with her and in love with his friend, his mm-hmm. best friend, and idolizes them. And, like, they're, they're going to go to dinner at the end of the movie. And he has this line. <laughs> Senor Tuna. And Senor Tuna. And he has this line where he goes, I hear Senor Tuna calling. <laughs> and it just that, those words from Tim Blake Nelson, it's just like a beautiful song. <laughs> I love it so much. I hear Senor Tuna calling. I hear Senor Tuna. Um, another great line in the movie is... When so Justine starts to realize that she's like thrown her lot in with Jake. G- Jake Gyllenhaal is also great in this. Oh movie. my god, yeah! It's like he's perfect. He's really good. Unsurprising coming from Donnie Darko yeah. to this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's not the same genre, but you can see how that would flow. Right. 
Um, but he gets to be really like he's. He, I love him. I think he's a yeah, great actor. He's great, and he does so many like weird, funny things. And I think that he gets to be really weird and off the wall in this. Yeah. But um, he th- there's a line where Justine says, "Hooker, you hooker." Yeah. Where Justine starts to realize who she's thrown her lot in with, and she says. I'm depressed, but you're really depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like very, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, to finish that thought from earlier, the movie, I really do like the movie a lot. It is mean. Yeah. And something like a superstore or, which I really like. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a lot. That's like what, probably my favorite sitcom of the last whatever decade. Yeah. Um, is much more like, is much more like, kind of about, like, the dignity that retail employees or anyone who has a job, really, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the dignity of work, that kind of thing. Yeah. And this movie is like, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this sucks, and everyone is stupid who's there, and, mm-hmm. like, they, it's just an interesting counterpoint to, to a show that we've been watching for a long time. Yeah. Oh, I do want to say really quickly, because we just kind of touched on it and moved on, but Zoe Deschanel in this, like, she's hysterical. She's really funny. She's so, so funny. And she's not, I mean, like, she's fine. I have nothing, I have nothing against Zoe Deschanel, but she's also not someone, like, I feel like, um, what's that show that she's on? New Girl? (laughs) New Girl. (laughs) I've never watched New Girl. People love New Girl. Right. I'm sure it's lovely. But I feel like people are like, oh yeah, Zoe Deschanel, New Girl, she's very funny. Like, she's so funny, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of like, well, I've never seen New Girl, so I don't know. But she is hysterical in this. And it's not, I feel like New Girl, the impression I get from New Girl is very like, kind of like, Zane, oh my God, right? And that's not at all what she's doing in this. Yeah. And uh, much like Jennifer Aniston, it's a departure from the usual comedy that I would associate with Zoe Deschanel. Totally, totally. Um, And it's really lovely to see. And she does a really great job. (laughs) Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. The, um... Last thing I'll say yes. is that there's the part... Ever again? Ever again. This I'm done. I'm done. I'm slicing my vocal cords after this. Uh, the, Don't do that. Well, we'll talk about it with the next movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> the next thing, the last thing I'll say about this movie is that there was the scene where she says, like, oh, I'm, I'm way older than you. I'm, like, really old. <laughs> And then she says, I'm 30 years old. <laughs> and we were and both I like, immediately unalived myself. Yeah. <laughs> we were both like, oh, okay. okay. All right, well, that's one way to be. Aren't you a fright? Aren't you a fright? Okay. The good girl. Um, is it available? This is another thing. It is not. Like, really? it is nowhere. You <gasps> cannot even purchase it on, like, an iTunes or an Amazon for to watch like streaming like it's well how are people going to watch it if you can't get it anywhere you can buy a dvd on amazon or at your local retailer oh my if they have it gosh um but well, that's why no one's seen it right if they dropped if they dropped the good girl on netflix tomorrow it would be in the top 10 and they you know they put a, a picture of jennifer aniston oh yeah like it would be you know yeah um guys it, we'll do a screening yeah. We'll zoom it. You can ne- watch. <laughs> it is weird with Netflix how they, they, you know, just something random will get added. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, every, like, millions of people are watching, 
The Edge with Alec Baldwin and yeah. Anthony Hopkins or like some random movie from the 90s is just like everyone everyone today everyone's watching Event Horizon and you're like okay <laughs> all right I guess sure <laughs> but it's just very strange this is gets to my whole thing really about does. how everyone thinks of the streaming services as their parents <laughs> and they they're like oh mommy Netflix let me watch Event Horizon today oh boy okay and another, save it for and another save thing. It for my another, other that's podcast. A podcast, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. What's the connection? What's the connection? connection. Um, Ewan McGregor, who stars in the following film, Shallow Grave. Yes. And John C. Riley mm-hmm. both appeared in the 1997 movie Night Watch. Which I've seen mm-hmm. when it came out. Mm-hmm. I remember being super excited for it because the trailer was cool. I don't remember what song was in it, but it was like, <laughs> it was a cool trailer. And I remember that it was a Dimension film. I remember that Dimension logo. In oh, front yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Um, Scream. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but they were in this movie, Night Watch, where Ewan McGregor played a night watchman uh-huh. and murders happened. I don't remember anything else about it. I think it was not very good. Great. Josh Brolin's also in it. John C. Riley's in it, uncredited. So oh, wow. That's the connection. I hope Ewan McGregor and John C. Riley. What do you think they talked about on the set of Night Watch? I mean, if he's uncredited, probably nothing. Probably nothing. <laughs> All right, our next movie is from 1994. It's Shallow Grave, directed by Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, you know him. Uh, train spotting, twenty eight days later, Slumdog Millionaire, etc. <laughs> uh, the IMDb summary: Three friends discover their new flatmate dead, but loaded with cash. Uh, not, great. <laughs> not great. Not great. That's it. That's it. Oh That's the God. whole thing. I mean, true. Yeah, true. Several but it's, other things happen. Yeah, several, including the titular grave. Yes. Um, so yeah, so this stars Ewan McGregor. Yes. And, and Christopher Eccleston and Carrie Fox. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the first thing I remember seeing Ewan McGregor in. And mm. I saw this movie like when it came out, essentially, or at least when it oh, came really? out, when it came out on video and I saw it, I, like it's, it's, it's a formative movie for me because I think I saw it at my uncle's house with my uncle and my brother. Uh-huh. And I remember watching it like and being like, oh, I'm too young for this. <laughs> and I think I even was like a little shit about it. Yeah. Like, I think I was... The thing I remember mm-hmm. about that experience of seeing this movie when I was like probably 11 or 12. 11, yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe it was closer to 13, I don't know. But... The thing I remember is that it wasn't the murder in it that got me, uh-huh. but I definitely felt weird about the second half of the movie. Like, it just, I just felt weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's an unsettling movie. Mm. It's, it's like the part where Christopher Eccleston's character, we'll get into it. Yeah. But he go, well, that should be another, that should be another one of our catchphrases. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> there's a part where he just like spends half the movie in the attic. Yeah. And I remember being a kid and being like, I feel weird. I, you know that <laughs> I thing where you like it. where you watch a movie, or you watch something when you're a kid, and like you're not 
like upset and you're not afraid, but you're like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And I feel strange. They don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what this movie did to me. And I, uh, but I, but like, I also loved it. Right. Anyway, so. That, I had never seen it before. Right. You'd never seen it before. This is my first viewing of Shallow Grave. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's a Criterion, first of all. Let's get that off. Criterion Blu-ray, baby. Criterion Blu-ray. Blu so obviously it looks incredible. Looks incredible. Um, and I remember it started and I was like, there is something about this that feels very, uh, it's not British, but do you know what I'm talking it's Scottish, about? Scottish, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's. Like it European or something. Yeah. Like it feels, it felt, yeah. Well, it's, it's like, a, it's, to me it felt very, um, I don't know if this is the same thing, mm -hmm. but it felt very early 90s. Yeah. Or early 90s cool. Yeah. Which is quick cuts mm -hmm. and lots of like zippy jokes and a, a little bit of like playing with the form and these like montages with techno music and stuff, especially in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's and the the but the the look and feel of it is very like kind of what you're talking about like like independent film. It like, felt like um, Ripley, talented Mr. Ripley. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just yeah. feels like it takes place in Europe. In Europe, <laughs> it's just a stupid thing to say. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's stupid. You you got a very European vibe off of it, and I think sure. that that's I think that's true. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, um, yeah, so. This is an interesting one for me. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Great. <laughs> We're in great shape. Um, it's a weird movie. I think I think the further I am away from it, I'm liking it more. Yeah. There, the the style of it is not something that I tend to like. In which that, way? So it's it. I like I. My notes are like, don't make any sense. Yeah, me too. Um. Like I wrote my notes, I wrote down Scottish. <laughs> great move, great, great note, great note, Mike. Wait, wait, did you go to film school? Yeah. Wow. This movie's Scottish. <laughs> it's Scottish. It's Scottish. Um, I wrote the writing makes it feel detached, which I think is on purpose. Like I'm not saying they don't yeah. know what they, it. It it very very clearly everyone knows what they're doing. Writing, directing, editing, actors, they yes. all know what they're doing. None of it feels incompetent at all, which seems like a weird thing to say, but stay no, with me. I know me. what you mean. Um, but they never... Okay, so plot of this film. Right, we... Plot yeah. of this film. So let's start there. So uh, three roommates. It starts with this montage of them interviewing uh, potential fourth roommates. And clearly these three people are very close, and they're just making fun of these people who want to live in this... In fucking credible apartment, right? Insane it is apartment insane in Edinburgh. Looking. Edinburgh? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Hold on, I should look it up, sir. The apartment's in Edinburgh. Yes, and the, so it's this gorgeous apartment. Yeah, it's just it's like the top floor. It has skylights. It's huge. The kitchen is lovely. Like it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and right off the bat, you get the sense that these three people are very close, and they're just. Like I said, completely trolling these people who are like, I want to live in this beautiful right. apartment. And you have Ewan McGregor, mm -hmm. who is a reporter, and he's like, just always with a joke. Yeah. He's, he's, Ewan McGregor is a real force in this movie. Yeah. And it is not surprising to me at all, after seeing this movie, that he became an international star off of this movie. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He did Train Spotting after this, which mm -hmm. he started, and then it was like, 
oh, Ewan McGregor is just like, if you need a guy, that's who you get. And he's great. Um, yeah. And then Christopher Eccleston, who does amazing work in this movie. So good. And he's, he's like, whenever I see him show up in a thing, like he's in The Leftovers, he's in... 28 Days Later, he's in all sorts of movies. Like, he just always shows up, and you're always like, oh, this is going to be weird. Yeah. Um, and Carrie <laughs> Fox, who I don't know if she's done much after this. I don't, I haven't followed yeah, her. Yeah, she was great. She was really good. So Christopher Eccleston is an accountant, and he's, like, the nerdy one. Yes. And Carrie Fox is a doctor, and she's, like, a cool, collected kind yeah, of, Yeah, like, very, like, hipster chick. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, and so they interview all these people. None of them are acceptable. Um, but then this guy comes. His name's Hugo. Hugo. Um, and they're like, sure, you'll do. Like, we think you're cool. Like, you're in. Whatever. And he lays down cash to pay for the rent. Um, and then he moves in, and then a couple of days go by, and they're all kind of like, have you seen him? Have you seen him? No. They bust into his room. He's dead. Right. Um, and they're very calm about it, which I guess is partially because, uh, the girl's a doctor. Right. So she's like, you know, and, um... And then they find a suitcase full of money. Right. Uh, and they have to decide what to do. Right. And guys, they make the wrong decision. Right. There, I said it. Um, and insanity ensues from there. Yeah. Um, they, it's a it's kind of a classic setup of like we take the money and mm-hmm. then um, they dispose of him, which is an interesting choice in and of itself. They could have just taken the money. Right. And then called put, the police. Called the police. Then anyway. Uh, the whole movie falls apart then. But they, they dispose of the body, and then guess what? There's people looking for the money. Right. One of whom is played by Peter Mullen, who's mm-hmm. one, another one of my like favorite just like weird guy who shows up actors yeah. and stars in maybe my favorite horror movie of all time, Session 9. Session 9. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, so what I mean, what, like, the writing makes it feel detached. So, um, they, so they're talking about whether or not they're going to bury this guy, what they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? They're talking about how they're going to bury this guy, and they never say, like, nothing is just said. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. The way that they speak, they never, okay, so they never say, like, point blank what they're doing or what's going on. There's a lot of, like, there's a, one of them says, like, do you want to play? Who's going to do it? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we come into scenes in the middle of a conversation That's a great point. almost. They never say. That's a great point. There's a whole, because there's a whole, there's a whole long scene about who's, because they, spoiler alert, they're, they're disposing of this body. They come up with the plan of cutting off its limb, cutting off the body's limbs and bashing out its teeth so that it can't be identified. Right. Right. Who's going to do it? Who's going to who's gonna dig the grave? Who's going to cut off the, the limbs? But they don't say that. Who's going to do it? Well, I can't do it. Right. Well, you have to do it. And and it's just this crazy... And what it is, honestly... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, this is why it's weird. Because it's the kind of thing that, as a viewer, drives me insane. And as an actress, is like, oh, this would be so fun to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? I to know like, what you mean. I mean, it feels... So the crime of it, where they kind of dispose of a body that's already dead and, like, all this stuff, it feels almost quaint yeah. now in, like, the age of, like, a Big Little Lies or a Pretty Little Liars or, like, all these lies shows. <laughs> um, but you see the DNA of something like this in 
in everything. Like this, I feel like this movie is a real. I, I know this isn't the first time that like oh, we have to get rid of a body right. has been done. Right. But I feel like the DNA of this movie is in so many, like in Search Party, which I love, and yeah. like a bunch of other things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just things snowballing from right things from snowballing a, a crazy event. Yeah. yeah, from a from a one bad decision. Yeah. Um, and I think that that like. What was my point? What was my point? What was my point? Uh-oh. Uh, shallow Grave is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just mean it feels almost quaint at this point. Mm-hmm. Like the, the they don't do anything that wrong. I mean, they do eventually, and eventually they really <laughs> do. Like, but, like, they don't kill anybody. They just, yes. they, you know they what I mean? They just find a body. They just find a body, and we found some money, and, like, great. Yeah. Um, but the movie does such a good job of... Of like making the raising the stakes and the tension and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and the thing that really like the thing that I love about the movie is that it is is that it has that weird second half that is like like the okay so the beginning of this movie is so funny and like propulsive mm-hmm. and you know Ewan McGregor like I like Ewan McGregor is so fucking watchable in yeah. this movie yeah yeah and you're just like ah like I just want to hang out with that guy or whatever like he's so yeah. fun to watch. And um, the first half of the movie is, like, so exciting. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the movie is just weird. Yeah. Like, structurally and, like, dramatically. like. And what happens in the second half of the movie is that just, like, shit gets weird between these roommates. And the accountant character, like, starts to unravel. Yeah. Like, completely unravel. Right. With paranoia and and all this stuff. And, like, justified paranoia. Right. And then, like, starts to kind of, like, turn against his roommates and goes to live in the attic and is, like... Yeah. It's just weird. And it's, you know, and and really exploring that dynamic of three people. Right. Um, and just, you know, two of them team up over here and then two of them team up over here and then this person is betraying this person and, and it gets very messy. Right, it gets <laughs> very messy and it also gets, like, a lot... And I mean, I don't mean this as a criticism. It gets a lot less fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like the second half of the movie, you're like way more uncomfortable. You're, just, you're uncomfortable, and it's that thing. When I was talking about, I was watching it when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, um, it's still there. And and being like, being like, what is happening right now? Like, I don't know. Why is he in the attic? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I really love that part of it. Just that it's like doesn't feel easy the yeah. end of it, and then like. You know, a bunch of crazy shit happens, and yeah. it's it's then it gets real like bloody and and disgusting and fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just I. It, it's an interest. It's a really interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Ninety three minutes. I would say this movie also connected to the Good Girl in that it feels pretty like mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Like, it feels like a pretty cruel movie, just like. Doesn't love these characters, isn't, like, all of them, you know, kind of fuck each other over and yeah. and, and all this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, and a weird thing that I notice is, so it, it's 1994, but it felt the clothes, the music, the, there's a point at which there's a struggle about two of the characters spending the money and mm-hmm. the third character going, like, what are you doing? And they buy, like a camcorder and they make like home movies yeah. and it feels very it's all very 80s yeah. all of that which is very funny to me because it just feels like oh well it's Scottish so they're yeah. slightly behind <laughs> they didn't get it but that's you know what's so funny that's like what 
that that's such a train spotting mm-hmm. thing that they make such a point of that in train spotting that like being Scottish is shite and like nothing it like this place sucks and like all that stuff and that feels very that feels very like of of that idea that just like Scotland is about 10 years behind yeah. on everything yeah yeah um i i don't know I, this is a tough one for me just because it's in my it feels in like it feel like even you know i don't i'm not trying to like talk about this or anything but like even the thing that i i'm like kind of writing right now mm-hmm. feels like i'm just redoing shallow grave yeah because it just is in my dna as like a yeah well that's like a, and it's you know it's a concept that's like like yeah. you said it's it's informed a lot of different works of art right and i but i think that i think there's something to the first grown-up movies that you see mm. you know what i mean yeah um I, I don't know what, like, do you remember the first, like, movie you saw where you were like, I probably shouldn't be watching this? I don't know. I don't know, honestly, because, because movies were weird in my house, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there was a lot of, like, uh, uh, it was this weird um, disconnect with what was actually inappropriate, like, you know, my... I used to watch The Princess Bride all the time, and they would cover my eyes for the rodents of unusual size. Okay. I, I, I didn't see that scene until I was an adult. Right. Um, and, like, my like we said before, my brother saying I was too young to see Jurassic Park when I definitely was not too young yeah. to see Jurassic Park. But also, like, in a weird way, movies were not super central in our house. Like, they were, like... My siblings liked movies, but my dad never went to the movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think when I was a kid, my mom watched very many movies either yeah. because she was married to my dad. So, right. um, so I'm really trying to think of well, like what it you, would be. I feel rec- like, sorry, I, I have, I do have a very clear memory and I don't know if this is necessarily what you're talking about, but I have very clear memory of going to see The Birdcage with my friend in yeah. seventh grade or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was like one of the first movies that I went to without parental guidance. Yeah. Um, and so that feels like a, like a, in your brain, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know that that's necessarily informed much in my adult. I mean, I like that movie. Yeah. (laughs) But but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, for me anyway, maybe it's because I'm so obsessed with movies or whatever in like a, in the way that you're like obsessed with musicals and things mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that you're not, I don't mean to, maybe it's, okay. it's cause I'm like a, I'm like a film buff and you're, yeah, you're just yeah, like a, yeah. a, a woman. You're, you're, you're a pretty lady. <laughs> yeah. You're obsessed with makeup and shoes. Um, <laughs> no, but I just mean like, there's something about like the, like shallow grave and, uh, and, Fargo, mm-hmm. which is another one that I saw when it came out, and I knew I remember like my parents saying that movie was so good, and then me watching it and be like, I don't understand this at all. <laughs> like, what is good about this? Yeah. And it it like, but then it sitting with it and being like, you know, maybe maybe forcing myself to like it, <laughs> and that, that's that. But but also maybe just being like, what the fuck was that? I don't even know what that was. That yeah. was so weird. Yeah. And like loving that part of it, and then I don't know. So I think so. I, all of which is to say, like Shallow Grave is like a a weird touchstone in my brain. Yeah. Um, that I love. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Is it available? It is 
not streaming, but you can purchase it in all the places, and it's it's um, like you can buy it on iTunes or, yeah. or Amazon or whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, this is a weird one for me. I gotta it, say, I don't know that there's a clear cut. Well, what we didn't talk about. Oh, let's what. Shallow Grave is a Criterion, has some good commentaries, some good extras, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Good Girl, Gag Reel, baby. <gasps> gag Reel, I'm a good girl. And a really good Gag Reel. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a solid. Should, we should probably do the point system, right? For sure. For yeah, I don't want to give up either of these. So, we should do the point system. <laughs> we should do the. Should we even do the point system then? Or should we just do the. Just go to the rules? Yeah. Let's we'll just go to the rules, Because baby. We don't, we don't, if we don't need help deciding, then yeah. we don't necessarily need to do the This points. gets all the nostalgia points for me. Both yeah. of them do. Yeah. And gag real gag points real and criterion points. Criterion and, points. Yeah. You do the math, folks. You do. The, you know <laughs> the system by now. Um, all right. So, I I, I mean, I, I want to keep both of them. Because right. the good girl is like... Like if I had, to, if I really, if gun to my head, I had to pick, and if also gun to my head, what situation am I in? Where <laughs> someone, someone is like, is, you have to get rid of right. either the good girl or shallow grave. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, gun to my head, I would get rid of the good girl. Interesting. But also, like, you can't watch that movie streaming. Right, you can't get it anywhere. You can't get and it, it, and it feels like. It feels weirdly like a touchstone for us. <laughs> right. Right. It does. Yeah. And the, the the amount of times we say they're sweet to they're each other. They're sweet. <laughs> they're sweet. I'm going to have to clip that out and put right. it on our social. Yeah, we, like, that's got to go on the gram. Um, they're sweet. They're sweet. All right. Okay. We got to <laughs> All right. We, so we are evoking the rule rule. Uh, how many rules do we have? We have... Seven rules. Seven rules. And we pick from one to seven yeah. a random number, and then this rule will help us get rid of one or get rid of... Or we invoke the rule rule when we can't decide on which to get rid of. Which to get rid of. Oh, yeah. Yes. Also, if you have any rules you'd like to add... Please send them in. We love we love rules. Right. We love rules in this house. Okay. Uh, here we go. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between one and seven. A random number between one and seven is six. Six. This is from Laura. Oh. This rule. Okay. If you want to keep both, you have to get rid of a DVD that you have that is still wrapped. (gasps) Oh. I mean, somebody was purchasing several (laughs) Blu-ray slash DVDs recently, so. (sighs) It's him, you guys. It's not me. (laughs) I mean, we can't make this decision right now. <laughs> I could update everyone next week on what one we got rid of. All right. We'll do that. Oh, we'll take a look at the pile of, of still-wrapped DVDs. Oh, no. This sucks. Because <laughs> if I purchase it and it's still wrapped, that means I wanted it. <laughs> like, I don't think there's many that are still wrapped. I mean, I've been... If I'm buying You've been unwrapping them. Well, I don't remember when I watch them. If I'm buying it, I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll update you. Uh, come back next time and see uh, which. Oh, <laughs> which, I hate this. Which wrapped <laughs> disc we got rid of. Um, but for now, Good Girl and Shallow Grave, you're sticking with us. You're we, sticking we with us. You. Um, we love you both. Definitely recommend both. 
Two mean to watch. movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Should we pick this next matchup? I think we should. I think we should. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one is one thousand one hundred ninety-five. From two thousand three, thirteen. She's very excited. I am. Because I've been wanting to watch it. Well, great. And have, have, and have not watched it because I was like, it'll come up. It'll come up. Well, it's come up. Oh, my God. I'm excited about that. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,162. 1,162 is from 2007, Superbad. Hey! Hey! I watched that in forever. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. And it seems like a good matchup with 13. Yeah. Weirdly thematic, again. Weirdly thematic. Coming of age. (laughs) Coming, coming of age boys comedy, coming of age girl not comedy. Uh, it's girls, so it's drama. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Great. Um, I love that. I, I love that for us. I love that for you guys. I love it. I just for everyone involved. Honestly. What an app it's gonna be. Yeah. Cannot wait. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hey. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you reread your favorite book this Mm. week. You know, just revisit whatever that is for you. And uh, I hope it's as good as it was the first time you read it and loved it. Boom. Boom. Okay. All right. Come back next week and see, see who, who survives, survives DVD Deathmatch. Professional. That's Feels more like professional. We got new mics, yeah. a new professional attitude. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And we're sponsored by Casper Mattresses. No, we're not. But hey, sponsors, hit us up. That's how this works, right? You just say, hey, sponsors, and they... Hey, Blue Chew. Ring, 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 Right? Isn't that... You know what Blue Chew is? Um, I don't get Blue Chew ads. That feels like a targeted thing. What's Blue Chew? (laughs) We can move on. (laughs) What's Blue Chew? It's like a boner thing. Oh, yep. That... Yeah, I don't get... I don't get uh, Blue Chew. Hey, neither do I, baby.